This is Sober Reference. You're listening to A Sober Snack, bite-sized tips and tricks that will help you stay sober today. We share more cost-free resources on our website, www.soberreference.com, and hope that you'll connect with us on social media. Search Sober Reference now and look for our logo. For more information about today's guest, visit our show notes. We hope that you find this content valuable and leave feeling inspired to drink less, live more, and meet your potential. Enjoy. I was at a wedding this last weekend, and while I don't think about alcohol you know, daily like I used to, <laughs> right, right. hourly sometimes, <laughs> I didn't drink hourly, but I thought about it every, every couple of hours for sure. Mm-hmm. And I, now it's kind of like in those moments, right, where it just like catches you at the right angle. And I was at a wedding, and I, I had the thought. It would be so nice just at the cocktail hour. You know, I could just confine it to the cocktail hour. Just have one drink, mingle, socialize a little, and then I'll eat dinner and I'll dance and I I wouldn't have to drink anymore. You know, this Mm -hmm. is the story that I sell myself in that romantic point of view. And I've learned in that moment what I want to say to myself, which is that's not actually my truth. Or, um, you know, I actually went into the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I said, I said something like, that's not your truth. Or I played the tape forward, like you said, and kind of said, oh, I bet that that would make me want another drink tomorrow. And you don't deserve that, babe. You deserve better than that. And I give myself a little high five in the mirror. What words do you say to yourself or what actions do you take when the thought arises that perhaps brings you a little bit of temptation in order to maintain your sobriety? Well, I would say two of the biggest things, one, looking in the mirror, oh my gosh, Luis, if you would have seen what my skin looked like before getting sober, I mean, I look like a different person. My eyes are brighter. My skin has moisture, right? I looked dry. Like I looked like I was covered in powder or something. Just looking at my reflection, I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually feel as good as I look right now. And that I love that. But the second part is just a living amends to my children. You know, I look at those little babies and I think, my God, I, I truly believe the most beautiful gift and the greatest gift I will give my two children is my sobriety. Can't think of a better way to mother them. I can't think of a better way to be a partner to my husband. It's just that living amends from my past and some of the wreckage that I'd created. And again, with having a high bottom, the wreckage I created to most folks um, in recovery doesn't look as significant, but to me, my sobriety is my way of committing to myself and to my family, just a different way of life and a fulfilling way of life. And so those are a couple of the things that I really think about when I have those tempting or or tempting situations or those fleeting thoughts about how could I be an addict? You know, I live in a beautiful home and I have nice things and, you know, I haven't, it's easy. It's easy for me to start playing the comparison game and comparing myself to what I've seen on TV, or, you know, I volunteer a lot at two different treatment centers in Houston and um, seeing some of the patients, how they're coming in to the, the rehabs. 
easy to think like, how could we have the same disease? But I'm reminded really quickly when I look at my children and I look at old photos <laughs> that we certainly do. We certainly do. My consequences weren't the typical ones. You know, the typical consequences connected to addiction or loss of finances, loss of your home, loss of your family, those sorts of things. Mine were health consequences. My mental health wasn't just declining, it just didn't exist. You know, it wasn't a priority. Um, so I have to, to remind myself of those things. Yeah, remember what the drink took from you or what the oh. substance took from you, your mental health, your ability to be present with your loved ones, you know, and, and what it and what sobriety is giving you now, like this hope for the relationship that you're gonna maintain with your family, the example that you're being for your family and your community, and the gratitude that you have for those really precious, beautiful things. What's your astrological sign? I'm a Gemini. Okay. Now, is there a kind of personality trait that's associated with Geminis that you identify with? Oh my gosh, definitely. So like the twin personality, you know, I think about my career in higher education and how I was like, running these conduct hearings and doing these investigations about drugs and alcohol and coming down on students and, but, you know, trying to create a learning environment and whatnot when, you know, my desk drawer had my bottle of Xanax in it and I had drink too much the weekend before and couldn't remember what text messages I'd sent. You, you know what I mean? Like that's when, when I was active in my addiction, that was like the double life that I was living. Um, I had one persona in the workplace and in my career, and then behind the scenes using these same chemicals that I'm like holding students accountable for inappropriately. And so that would definitely be part, part of the aspect of my astrological sign of Gemini, um, especially when I was active in my addiction. So I think that there, something that I'm really interested in like playing with and exploring is, you know, how we identify with that personality trait in our in our addiction and how we can utilize that personality trait as an asset or how we see that personality trait perhaps differently in the light of our recovery. How has, or how might you perceive your Gemini uh, ability to perhaps hold two experiences at once mm -hmm. as supportive for your sobriety? Well, I definitely think with the volunteer work I do in the treatment centers, I have definitely been able to connect with folks who have a very different experience than me, completely different employment um, situation, goals, completely different consequences. And at the root still connect in regard to how our brains work, what the disease looks like in us, personality traits, those sorts of things. And so while on paper, our experiences may look dramatically different, I've found a way to very much connect with other addicts and alcoholics just based on some of the cornerstones of recovery. Oh, that's cool. So instead of 
acting like two different people, you can tap into the wide diversity of your emotion and your kind of spiritual expansiveness in order to connect with people in a more deeply profound way. That's awesome. That's so beautiful. Uh, My final question for you is when asked, why don't you drink? What do you say? Oh, goodness. So that's still evolving. But most commonly, if it's a small setting, like a one-on-one or just small group setting, I am really candid. And I share that during the pandemic, I was relying on pills and alcohol to cope. And then I started to use alcohol like medicine. And there was nothing about it that was fun or glamorous or how I wanted to live. So for right now, it's just better for me not to drink at all. My husband and I have so many friends who are not addict alcoholic and know nothing about recovery. And so my daughter and I actually just went to dinner with one of her little um, girlfriends and her mother. And the mom was asking me, she, she asked me in the car, she said, well, I don't understand if you had a pill problem, what does that have to do with alcohol? You know, like they're really innocent, honest questions that folks outside of recovery or that don't have a loved one or a friend in recovery just don't know or don't understand. So I'm pretty much an open book and I'll answer pretty much any question about my journey and how I got to this place. But most commonly, I just talk about how in the pandemic, I just started using alcohol like medicine. And it's just best for right now that I just don't drink. Yeah, that's honest. That's really good. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I like how you identified that, like, there are certain situations where, like, you'll share that honesty and how it's evolving and, you know, I've had that same experience too, where it's like, there are situations where I do feel comfortable kind of being that honest. There are other situations where I'm just like, I'm just going to protect my peace and like, say, like, I just don't like, I don't drink anymore. I just don't drink anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and in, in my recovery network and in my recovery community, there are people with, um, you know, just so many different backgrounds that, Um, whether it's culturally within their family, they don't feel comfortable talking about it. And um, I have a number of friends, especially in the professional and executive area of recovery in Houston, that are very secretive and protective of their sobriety and, and their journey. And I just feel really fortunate that I'm at a place in my life where I just don't feel like I have to have those secrets anymore because for me, my secrets are what kept me sick. My secrets are what got me into, into this whole mess in the first place. And so I'm grateful that I've got a journey that I feel comfortable sharing. I'm grateful that I have a community of people, both in recovery and longtime friends in my life that um, want to learn and want to grow in this arena. And 
So I'm grateful that I don't have to have another secret in my life that I feel comfortable sharing this. And it's funny, we we went to a big, it was also a first year birthday party. And um, there was a, actually like cocktail waiters and a full bar. And I, I said, you know, oh, I, I'm not drinking today. And it's so funny. One of the moms that was at the party actually said, oh my gosh, that's so classy. How classy that you don't have to drink at an event like that. And that really spun it for me, you know, like, wow, thank you. Thank you. You know, it is, it's classy that I don't have to drink at a one-year-old's birthday party. If I had to drink at a one-year-old's birthday party, like, would I rather be that? You know? Right, right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Thanks for listening to Sober Reference. We hope you found this content valuable and are leaving feeling inspired to drink less, live more, and meet your potential. You can find more cost-free resources on our website, www.soberreference.com. We hope that you'll connect with us on social media, search Sober Reference now, and look for our logo. Great job taking in sober positive content today. Until next time, this is Sober Reference, and we are so glad that you're here.